It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Goffin Pearlson Kraus is a new album released by Ear Up Records featuring three incredible musical masters, renowned saxophonist Jeff Coffin, revered drummer Jordan Pearlson, and bass legend Victor Kraus. Jeff Coffin is a globally celebrated and Grammy-nominated saxophonist, composer, educator, ear-up recording label owner and founder. He is a member of the legendary Dave Matthews Band, as well as having served a 14-year tenure with Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. Jordan Pearlson is a drummer, percussionist, producer, and educator. He has worked with Seamus Blake, Gary Burton, Dave Liebman, with Allison Brown and Missy Raines, reggae giants Mattis Yahoo and Trevor Hall, as well as renowned musicians like Snarky Puppy and, of course, Jeff Coffin. Composer and bassist Victor Krauss has over 500 album credits as either a bassist, composer, songwriter, or producer. He's toured and recorded with many music legends such as Lyle Lovett, Bill Frisell, James Taylor, Cheryl Crow, Carly Simon, Harry Connick Jr., and many, many more. In 2022, Victor joined Robert Plant and Alison Krauss as a multi-instrumentalist on the Raise the Roof Tour. The dynamic ensemble of Coffin, Pearlson, and Krauss has roots in Nashville and began a musical journey together as a trio during the COVID pandemic. This solid musical trifecta makes a noteworthy statement with their September release of a nine-track all-original music debut album that has been described as a thrilling sonic odyssey that showcases undeniable musicianship and boundless artistic expression. This episode features their story and the creative process to put together an album worthy of your time and attention. So what I would like to do is to begin telling you that I, I would say that after having listened to the album, uh, which is on Ear Up Records, and that's uh, your label, Jeff, correct? Correct, yeah. Last night, I crawled into bed and we put the lights out. My wife went to sleep and I put my earphones on and I started listening to it while having an adult cocktail. And I had just an absolute omg experience it was like this this music is just absolutely incredible mm. wow thank you thank you but i think well, we should recommend that everyone listen to it at night with an adult beverage uh, with <laughs> <Yeah. headphones. laughs> i thought that was i thought that was like on in the liner notes jeff didn't we didn't we put that i, on I think it is actually yeah yeah, yeah. it is <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, well, you know, <laughs> you, you wouldn't. Yeah, of course. But at any rate, it just made such an impact on me last night that I thought this is just like perfect mastery, in my opinion. And, and there was this interplay and a dialogue going on that was just phenomenal. And you play well off of each other. Well, you know, I, I think that's that's one of the very special things about this group. And when we first got together during the pandemic, I mean, this this pod was our pod of of a kind of our pod of safety, I guess you would say. And I remember the very first time we got together, Jordan and I were talking about it afterwards. And I said, you know, I said, how did it feel playing with Vic? 
he said, it feels like we've been playing together forever. You know, Victor's tone is is really unlike anybody else's. And what I appreciate about it so much is that it's so thoughtful. He's really taken the time to develop a sound on the instrument that is uniquely his own. And the way that he plays, I don't miss anything vertically going on as we're moving along horizontally. Whereas with some bass players, the role they play is different. But somehow, I think because Vic is a magician, he plays in a way that is vertical and horizontal all at the same time. And so there's that, but there's still a transparency in his sound, in, in, in the way that he, he touches the instrument, his, um, his articulation, that allows you to really hear through the instrument. And it's like he just knows what to play all the time. And his time is incredible. His feel is incredible. I mean, don't tell him I said any of this, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Very sweet. <laughs> Thank you. That's a nice... So I know all three of you live in Nashville, if I'm correct on that. That's right. And I know that you've worked before with Jordan. And uh, Jordan, you and Jeff have had a collaboration before, even uh, during a 2022 uh, Grammy-nominated album as well. But when did Vic, when did Victor come into the picture? I guess it was in 2020, or maybe maybe 2021. Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, uh, I mean, we've known each other for for decades now. Yeah, and and there were, um, you know, we would play sometimes together, but. Uh, but you know, it was always incredibly enjoyable anytime that we would we would play together, and and uh, and I think it didn't it all stem from the from the 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 the, uh, the pandemic record, right? Right. From that. And um, uh, where where the where the particular piece of music was quiet. all the sounds and the feeling of what the pandemic was bringing psychologically and sonically just that you know that that everything kind of shut down at that point and i remember jeff had asked me to play on this and i was just like wow that's that's fun and when i listened to it i i kind of realized oh oh, okay i can see why maybe he would want me on this because you know i you know as as he was saying i i kind of love taking the bass almost from a not not necessarily a minimalist perspective but uh, but uh, allowing you know to say very little but say a lot at the same time and so and that's just from an ostinato you know that would be kind of constant but uh, you know to to allow you know space to travel within those spots and then and then you know as a player and as a listener you can kind of fill in your own blanks and i, I think i kind of try to do that um to a degree that like, oh, okay, I can hear all the other stuff, but I'm going to play it this way just because you can allow your 
brain to go in and fill in the blanks. I don't know if that makes sense. So I think, you know, from, from playing on those those recordings, I think it was just three and then Jordan joined on 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 one of them at least. And mm-hmm. uh, um so from that point it was just like when then Jeff says, Hey, do you want to get together and play? And uh you know, and I said, That sounds great. When did you actually start recording this and where? Was it in Victor's studio, or did you mm-hmm. do this somewhere yeah. else? We did it here. This is this is actually the space that uh, um, that we did it right here, where I'm sitting right now. So I, I was kind of running the the uh, controls in terms of engineering everything, getting a sound, and uh, so it was the actual first first actual ensemble that was recorded here. I do a lot of overdubs here, but uh, primarily um, that was the, the the first time that we'd actually gotten the band a band to play all at once and it seemed to work and and what we did also alan is is we had uh we have everything on video also mm. and uh so there were there were four of us in the studio total because again we were still in the middle of covid and so vic was vic was doing double duty in that room and you know he did such a great job and he's mm. you know i mean here's here's the thing about about all this stuff that that we've done to, to me anyway is it's been a lot of work but it's been really easy Right. There haven't oh, yeah, there yeah. haven't been many impediments in the sense of like any personality conflicts, musical aesthetics. You know, I write a lot of the material. I write most of the material and, and Vic has brought in some some tunes also, maybe a half dozen, that are really great. It's kind of a foil for the way that I write also. And uh, you know, so we're already talking about the next project and different guests that we want to talk to. Because the beauty of this to me also is that with this trio we can augment in a lot of different ways. So we've got a whole cast of folks that we're considering for the next record also to to kind of bring their sonic input into what we do. These guys are so easy to work with. And the fact that we're all in the same place, even though our schedules are insane, it's still, like, it's still so positive. So Jordan, what was it like when the three of you came together and started playing? There was something kind of instantaneous about the like the comfort level and the level of musicality achieved when the three of us just got to it and uh i think that was pretty apparent right away and you know we were already like so what are you doing next week mm-hmm. you know getting to that like right away because we knew we this wasn't going to be like just like a one and done jam session that we had to you know dig deeper into this uh, the three of us together one of the things about the pandemic for me is that it gave me an opportunity to be well for all of us to, to sort of be in one space for a long period of time. Because I've been on the road since 1997, first with the Flectones and now with Dave Matthews since 2008. So in addition to that, I do a lot of education work too, which takes me out. But I finally had a space to be able to, to start to collaborate with people that I had wanted to collaborate with for a long time. And Vic, to me, was a very natural choice with that. And with Jordan, as soon as he moved to town, we started playing together. Because for me, I'm, I'm, I'm really picky about the people that I play with, and especially drummers. And, uh, and, and one of the beautiful things with Jordan is that I've never felt like I've had to steer him in a different direction because I write so much original music. I've never felt when he's playing that I'm thinking, oh, God, this isn't it. How am I going to deal with this? You know, so his intuition and his musicality he really gets it, and what he brings to the table is usually beyond what I had expected things to sound like. You know, the the 
the way that I demo tunes out, you know, is with a loop or whatever. But what he brings to it is is such a fresh and personal approach. And he's very holistic in the way that he plays, the way that he uses the drums, the way that he draws the sound out of the drums and the cymbals. I was talking to Johnny Vidakovich about this last night, about about the way that people play cymbals. And he was kind of going into all this kind of science about it. And I thought, wow, man, Jordan knows all that stuff. <laughs> you know, the way that, that he, like his touch on the instrument is without peer, in, in my opinion. And uh, you'll find other people who play differently than him, but in my opinion, none play better. And, and I would say the same about Vic, for sure. And so the people that I work with, when I have jam sessions at my house, I'm always looking for people to collaborate with. And, and Jordan, I think that's where we met. You came over for a session, right? Is that where yeah, we met? I came, yeah, I think when I moved to town, everybody was trying to kind of, you know, have, have you been to Jeff's for, for one of his like writing session things? You got to go do mm. that. So I think a handful of people were kind of, you know, pushing us towards each other for, right. for one of those. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and he's, he's so nails with everything that he does from reading complex charts to odd metered rhythms to swing, to funk, to esoteric, whatever. I mean, there's nothing that I've ever thrown at him that I felt that he was not 100% comfortable with. And uh, we've traveled together. We went to Tuva, uh, which is outside of Mongolia together uh, with Felix Pastorius. There's a trio record that hasn't come out yet called the Viridian Trio. And uh, so, you know, we've, we've kind of been through the ringer together and he's, He's just easy to be around the entire time. There's there's no BS with him. It seems like, Jordan, that you're flexible with everything, no matter what. That, that's always been a huge goal of mine. I've, from, a, from a young age, I've, like flexible is like one of the, the main kind of North Stars I've always had. It's just kind of like be able to be in as many situations as possible and play it, not just like good enough, but play it like, like, like play, play any situation like that's all that I do is like has always been my goal it's super exciting and and gratifying to be in a band where we can we can flex all of those muscles together you know and and get really creative with with the music as a as an ensemble so when you got together and you decided to do this recording what was the objective or the premise Uh, was there a theme in mind or was this something that jeff had cooked up and the rest of you went along with or you all put your heads together and said, here's what we need, the feel, the tone, the objective uh, needs to be this. I think it was just therapy right off the bat. <laughs> I yeah. Think that was- yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, we've all been changed in some way, shape, or form for having gone through it. And, and for me, I'm very grateful that I got to go through the musical part with these guys and the personal part with my wife, who is an amazing amazing human being but i i would say uh, objective wise i think that we knew that we had something special going on and we wanted to document it and some of the material was was written specifically for the group and with the group so i found that that we wrote really well together we realized each other's tunes really well together and the tunes that we chose were tunes that I feel that we all felt represented a certain aspect of, of not only composition, 
to have things that weren't like each other, but also the way that we play as an ensemble primarily, and it showcased us as soloists as well. But to me, this isn't this band isn't about the soloists. And and as I move deeper into my career, I'm way more interested in writing than I am in soloing. So to me, this is an ensemble that everybody has great solo chops, but it's really about the tunes. Mm-hmm. And in uh, the way that we play those tunes together and the way we realize those tunes together. So I don't know that I had any particular, I mean, speaking for me personally, that I had any particular expectations of the recording other than let's document this and see what we got and when we were done with it we were like man this shit sounds pretty good (laughs) (laughs) and uh so we decided to put it out and 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 i want to say something about the cover real quick also because it's it's kind of a it was kind of a special moment in that we had everything mastered we were getting everything together for the liner notes for the website and uh, but we didn't have a cover and a lot of times i'll i'll take photos i do a lot of photography so i'll choose one of my photos one on one of my records i did some drawing on it and i had a few things but i was like man nothing is really working for me and so i think it was the next day like we had to get the stuff in like within 48 hours so i was thinking man, i really need a cover idea and so i woke up the next morning i was on the road I woke up, I looked up at the ceiling, and through the shades were, were these beams of light from the morning sun, which is the cover of the record. And, uh, and so I thought, wow, that would be a cool cover. So I laid in bed, I got my phone, I took, I don't know, two or three photos, and I looked at it, and I was like, that's pretty great. I sent it to our, our design guy up in Philly, and, uh, and he put together the cover and, and the back and all that. And, uh, and what's funny is that the next two mornings I was at the hotel, they were both sunny mornings, and I woke up at essentially the same time of morning, and those beams weren't there on the mm. ceiling. And I was kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> do, 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 do. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's take a journey through the tracks I'd like to start from my personal perspective and nothing personal to two of you because the one that I would like to single out to start with is the fact that I believe Victor was the composer for the song called Overcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to me, I don't know what it is. Uh, Maybe it was just the bass flute or the melody or the tune itself, but it it really hit home. I, I just thought... Overcast was fantastic. What what does that mean, Victor? Oh gosh, well that um, that was a tune that I'd actually wrote some some years ago, and it appears on my um, record "Far From Enough," which was a nonsense release back in two thousand four. And you know, a lot of the time, titles kind of come come about after you've written, especially for instrumental music. You know that that it's it's. You know, it's not a narrative from a lyric or anything like that. A lot of the time, it can be um, just what inspires the feeling of it. And um, you know, and I, I remember playing, and, and I, I think I remember even originally um, playing the the song in in, in a recording. I, I don't think I even had a title yet. And it was with the uh, uh, this was Jerry Douglas 
had played on 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 the original recording and he says oh wow this song sounds like what it looks like outside and um it uh you know and it was an you know it was it was rainy and overcast the entire week that we were doing that recording and um but I, I I love how this this one's interpreted in the same way. You know, I mean, almost like when you've named something that you know now there is a narrative, and and I think it kind of evolved in some ways um, on this particular recording, where it's somewhat melancholy. You know, I mean, you can make mm-hmm. your own story connected with with uh, instrumental music, but uh, you know, it's kind of a feeling where it feels like it's over. It's an overcast day, and it may, may not necessarily make you. It can make some people happy, it can make some people sad. I think the this particular recording really kind of captures a, a feeling, what how you might interpret uh, what the weather is doing to you. You know, it affects me a lot of the time. You know, sure. Sometimes. I found mm-hmm. it very peaceful, and I think a lot of it had to do with the bass flute. Which, by the way, Jeff, I, I was intrigued by the fact that you actually used uh, Youssef Latif's bass flute on that. How did that come? Yeah, about? I, I I own Youssef's bass flute. Um, I bought it from his family's estate after he passed. At the same time, I bought his main tenor. But the bass flute I've used a lot. And uh, it's really become one of the voices that I've, I've really come to love that I have in my musical collection. Yeah, and you're right about Overcast. There's something really special about that tune. And the two tunes that people have singled out the most for me on the record, first is Overcast and the other one is Moonchild. And Jeff, a song dedicated to your wife. Mm-hmm. She's really into the not only the pull of the moon, but the new moon, and in particular the full moon. And uh, she's a. Uh, I describe her as as a ball of light with sneakers, and uh, you know she's very uh, intuitive. She's very empathic. She's got a very heavy meditation practice, and uh, a, a deeply spiritual practice to her life, and the moon is part of that for her. And so when, whenever, uh, you know, whenever there's a full moon, you know, we always kind of acknowledge it together. And so, you know, she's, she's kind of, she's kind of a moon child to me. She's kind of like that. She's, she's got a lot of qualities, like the most beautiful qualities of, you know, people you might consider to be hippies, but she's deeply rooted and deeply spiritual and deeply tethered to the earth, but, but flying at the same time.
she's a she's a very unique human being, and and uh, I feel really lucky to to have her in my life and to to have her as as my muse also. Well, earlier Jeff had mentioned the fact that he likes to see other musicians have solos. Uh, he doesn't have a specific one on on this recording that I, I can see in terms of a dedicated solo just with the one person. Jordan, he gave you one and Victor one. So, Jordan, tell me about Rusty Fortune. Um, I don't. There's not a whole lot. You know, that was a, a fairly fairly spur of the moment. A lot more solo than it is uh, like you know. I'll say a lot more improvised than it is compositional from a from a preconceived space. But uh, that was just during the session, and I think we took a took a break from the ensemble recording portion of the session and recorded a few takes of some solo tracks just to see how it would feel and how it would sound and how it would if it would fit with the flow of everything else and it would be nice to have something like that and i don't love listening to myself solo but i really do like a lot how that how that particular track came out personally so i'm pretty happy about that Yeah, nothing, not not a whole lot more than just, uh, you know, an improv- a handful of improvised takes, and that's the one we kept. Victor, with yours, I, I'm a, a little um, <laughs> amused by the, the title of it, Sufilindeu, which I believe is one of the rarest pastas in the entire world from Sardinia. Does this really have a connection to pasta? Well, it's like noodling. You know, so it's a, it's like a different, uh, you know, silly kind of noodles, you know. So, um, yeah, it's the same type of thing, you know, where we kind of like, uh, you know, it was very spur of the moment, which was probably a good thing to tell us both, hey, can you can you add something here, just an improv, you know, free improvisation.
I didn't think too much about it, you know, ahead of time, just going, I probably would have, you know, kind of gone, you know, I said, oh, okay, what am I going to write? I got to make something make sense, you know, and if I had more time, it probably would have come out differently. Wayne Shorter is a man who had a great deal of impact on musicians worldwide. And talk about a man who is very forthcoming with expression and, and, Mm -hmm putting his feelings out there uh, musically uh, and, and, and in fine style like no one ever did uh, in many respects. But you took a chance, Jeff, and, and you did a handful of beans inspired by Wayne Shorter. How, how much of the whole album may be a touch of Wayne Shorter or is it just relegated to that one tune, a handful of beans? Um. Well, you know, I mean, I... When you ask that, what what comes to mind is you know, um, how much of my life is my wife or my stepsons or Jordan or Victor um, or the experiences I had in college or with the Flectones or with Dave? I mean, I think that it's all it's all the sum of its parts. So influentially musically, you know, Wayne is one of those guys for me, and. Uh, as is Sonny, as is Ornette, as is Louis Armstrong and Miles and Umu Sangare and Tumani Diabati and, you know, Carlos Malta and all sorts of folks. So I, I, I think that, you know, those those people inform us musically. They inspire us musically. Uh, they certainly do for me anyway. But this tune in particular, I was I was working on Fee Fi Fo Fum. I just thought, wow, what an interesting interesting way to kind of develop a tune you know in the way that Wayne writes and I thought well I'm going to try I'm going to try to write sort of not my own version of that tune but but sort of you know kind of a kind of like my take on that spirit of that tune and uh, I mean obviously the chords are completely different but the tempo is basically the same and for me it's a it's it's way more chords than I normally write and uh, it was really fun to do that, to, to explore uh, harmony vertically more than I was exploring harmony horizontally. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, I think Wayne would dig the tune.
I think he'd be kind of go, okay, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe he'd hate it. I don't know. But I think that he would dig it. <laughs> and it gives us a lot of exploration to try some things. And you get to hear Vic playing some changes, which is really beautiful also, the way that he weaves through that. So it's, it's, it's a way to approach a tune that there's elements of blues in there, but it's almost masked by the vertical structure of the harmony, the sort of angular structure of the harmony. But, uh, but it's also very bluesy. There are so many wonderful tunes on here. A couple of them uh, are really cookers that you like to do on stage and in performance. One of them, Here to Be Me. other is say it seems Those tunes are really just, they're, they're loaded. They they got everything in them. Yeah, yeah there's <laughs> some intensity on those two, for sure. And uh, and again, that's that's a place that we like to go with the group. You know, so it's, it's really like, if you were thinking of it dynamically, which is, I mean, dynamics are just emotion. So I look at it from pianissimo to double forte. You know, so we, we cover the gamut emotionally, I think, with the way that we play and the, and the tunes that we write because I don't think there's any filter with us, you know, as composers or players, I think we've gotten past the point of thinking, Oh, should I play that? Or, Oh, should I write that? It's like, here we go, man, we're laying it on the table. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I think that's a really beautiful thing. It does feel like an adventure every time we do play, you know, mm-hmm. like one thing that is kind of, it, it does feel like, I mean, there's some things that we know as just as compositionally are going to do a certain thing, but it does feel like it's it's always, after we're done, where it's like, wow, that was, that was always, that was, that was really enjoyable. It really kind of went somewhere. It took us to this different plane for, for just a moment. There's always something that's, that's distinctive about each one of the shows we do, or yeah. if there's another component to it that it, you know, that it offers this whole other dimension that um, that it's always kind of a, it's always memorable to me 
you know, yep. like, like, wow, that was great. I'm glad we did that. <laughs> I get the sense that maybe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, maybe there's not about to be any change when it comes to the three of you working together in the future. Well, I sure hope not. I, I think we're all in at this point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just have to work around the things that we have to work around. And none of us is impatient with that. You know, I, I think we're all excited about, you know, the stuff that we're going to be working on next and writing together. And, you know, we're already in discussion about all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm in. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Jordan? <laughs> Victor? Yes. Good. Show of hands. It's anonymous. As, it's anonymous. That's right. It's anonymous. <laughs> so, what comes next? What comes out? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? More music and, and more time together. Will this release be on the road anywhere uh, as the three of you? Any plans for that right now? That's there, there's some there's some dates up in the air right now that we're trying to suss out and as soon as we have, you know, things confirmed, it'll be it'll all be announced on social media. Well, Jeff, Jordan, Victor, I'd like to thank the three of you for being our guests on All That's Jazz. Thank you thanks very much. Yeah. yeah, thanks so much for having us. And you, you can check out the record at yearuprecords.com. You can access all of our links from there as well. And we've got, uh, we've got a couple of fun things that, that are coming up. Probably doing some more touring in the spring when we have time. And uh, again, it's just a matter of coordinating everybody's schedule, which is, which is a challenge, but uh, a worthy challenge. Well, I appreciate the three of you offering the time. How could people learn more about you? Uh, you can list them. Mine is jeffcoffin.com. Yeah, mine's uh, victorkraus.com as well. Mine's Victor with Jordan a K. Perlson. Jordanperlson-music.com. You guys are great. This recording is over the top. Uh, it's absolutely stunning. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with Jeff Coffin, Jordan Perlson, and Victor Kraus. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.